0: Welcome back to Sabine's Common Sense. I'm your host, Sabine, The Purpose Lawyer. Thank you for watching and thank you for helping me be on purpose. So today we're gonna to be talking about legacy, legacy, legacy. Yes, everything legacy. And um, after I share with you some legacy, <laughs> legacy talk, I'll be interviewing, um, I have the opportunity to interview a very special guest Ashley, the real McCoy. She is a legacy entrepreneur. She is doing amazing things. She's a superstar. She is on tour with Caesar and DJ Envy seminars. She is also running two brokerages at the same time and doing it flawlessly. So she'll tell us all about that and her story. So I was listening to Jay Z's 444 album because. I am, that's like the one person I'm a fan of when it comes to music. Um, for some reason, it's just like, even if he's not talking about what I'm doing, it's just inspiring. So I was listening to 444 because I was like, I got to get, you know, get go through the whole catalog again. Um, and I was listening to his song about legacy and with every stage in his life you know he's on his grown man shit now right (laughs) so he's he's now talking to us about his um how do you you know protect now i'm talking to you about getting to the bag i've talking to you i've talked to you about how i escaped (laughs) the the hands of prison all this kind of stuff that he's talking to us about and then he's talking about you know like now that i've made some money what am i doing now's the time to protect it and pass it on to the next generation and really sort of like breaking that down right so It had me thinking about this article that I was reading recently about how people in the South have had these legacy properties in their families. And instead of, you know, planning to pass it on, they really kind of just like put it in a whole bunch of people's names, like, you know, their children, which may be four or five children and things like that. And as a family grows, cousins kind of get further and further away. Right. The family's not as close close knit as it once was. And that's the way that they're sort of passing on property. And because they're doing it that way, there's been a lot of situations where the property has ended up being lost or being a forced sale and no longer sort of in the family. And there is a better way of doing it. So what I typically sort of um, what I typically impart on people is that they need to sort of plan in terms of leaving those type of properties, either in a trust or, a business entity where they're, where it's a family business so that these properties can now stay in the family for generations. And you can have certain like rules and regulations like, okay, cannot be, the property cannot be sold. Um, maybe the property can be mortgaged for a particular purpose, or this is how this property is going to be paid for once I'm not here. Because one of the problems with these um, families that have had these properties is like after a while if they are were like in an industry that's dying like say for instance farming it's very hard for people of color to be in the farming industry so that has been something that's died um over time and then someone who's a farmer who has all this land they may not have the money and the 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 means to be able to keep it up so the property falls into disrepair, et cetera. But you could plan for stuff like that. You can say, listen, um there here's this insurance policy, <laughs> which we'll be talking about insurance later on. But you can say, you know, here's this policy that's meant to pay for the mortgage or meant to pay for the upkeep of this particular thing, or here's this other asset that should be maintained to, you know, be able to feed off of to be able to take care of this particular legacy property. And so sometimes these properties are multi-million dollars, right? We just heard about um, a family in LA who got their property returned to them that was worth over $75 million, right? Because it was owned, you know, way back in the day. And so... This whole talk about legacy is how you set up the next generation. So it may not be even just be for your children, but for your whole lineage. And if everyone really starts to think about elevating the next generation and elevating their lineage, then now we have a whole culture that's, you know, um, not starting from scratch again <laughs> generations later. So just wanted to give you that food for thought to think about the bigger picture of planning, the bigger picture of creating a legacy. And then when we talk to Ashley, we'll see how legacy is more more than just the things. It's more than just the property, it's more than just the assets. It's also how you're living and how you're being and the lessons that you're passing on. So let's get into it.
1: Hello, Ashley. Hi, Sabine.
0: The real McCoy, right? Not the fake one, not the fake <laughs> not one. <laughs> the fake one. <laughs>
1: Welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm like super honored to be here. Oh,
0: I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> you being honored. I'm honored. So, Ashley, um, you are so many things, and we're going to get into all of that. Um, I know they're not who you are they're what you do right right, right exactly so you're, you're you're into insurance you're into real estate mm-hmm. and you're just like an all around wonderful person from my Aww, experience <laughs> when I met her we just clicked right you we know did, we did we very did. she's very bubbly very like cool people so again happy to have you thank you today. I'm excited <laughs> so tell me a little bit about um, we're gonna get into like you know everything that you've done but I wanna know a little bit about what makes you Ashley like what's your tagline
1: I've had so many taglines. <laughs> <laughs> so when I started in real estate, my tagline used to be like, seal the deal with the real McCoy. Mm, I like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like now with the insurance, I think it's kind of like um, an insurance agency that you can trust. You know okay. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. experience the difference. Mm-hmm. I so, like that. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I just go through different taglines, but I have no real one. Right. But what um, about you, the person? Oh, me as the person. What's mm-hmm. my tagline? Yeah. Without uh, any...
0: Um, any career you know career
1: attached to it just like you like if somebody had to give me a tagline to yeah, really describe you? yeah like your BFF <laughs> <laughs> i don't know maybe it's um go with the flow like mm. anything goes kind of Right. Situation.
0: Right. Easy going. Easy going. Yes. That's kind of me Like I literally too. go with the flow. Yeah. That's kind of me too. I'm not like, I think people think I'm much more complex than yes. I am. You know, but I'm just
1: like, I'm I'm good. I'm pretty You know why I think easy. that is? Why? Because like we're in serious type of industries. Yeah, that's true. So then people look at it like, oh, a lawyer, you know, or insurance agent. And right. they're just like, okay serious yeah so they don't really see like your personality or who you are as a person outside of that yeah
0: know? I agree and that's been something that I think I've been like like fighting mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. like I, w- I want to be me independent of the title so like right, that's right. yeah do and you, do you find that
1: yeah and i feel like i struggle with that like with social media right mm-hmm. because it's kind of like you want to do you but then at the same time you're like you have to but be professional. i'm this yeah right, exactly <laughs> and then it's like you know you get a little jelly because there's other people in like other professions that mm-hmm. they get to kind of really be who they are right and it goes along with what they do right so right. you're just like oh i wish i could do that you know what i mean but yeah. it is what it is right yeah
0: and i'm <laughs> like i sound i feel like i sound like a broken record but i'm always talking about mm-hmm. how you can like be who you are um you know outside of the box Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and like sort of the career
1: has to fit you girl right (laughs) right, right. (laughs) you know that's true too Mm -hmm. i mean like you i mean in a sense if you are true to who you are Mm -hmm. no matter what you do as a profession it really shouldn't matter yeah yeah because this is like my style you know Mm -hmm. there's other options you can go to other attorneys or insurance people but like they say your tribe is going to flock to you and i feel like i live by that like i feel like my tribe is always it always comes my way yeah so i never try to go out of my way to like you know to get one certain type of person or another certain type of person, you mm-hmm, know what I mean? It just mm-hmm. kind of flows. Be who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I love
0: that. So you started back in Tennessee. Yes, right. <laughs> yes. Tennessee. Tennessee, but you're not Cowboy from Tennessee. All,
1: yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, let me fully embrace this culture. <laughs> so, no, I'm not from Tennessee. I'm from okay. Jersey. Okay. So, Jersey in the house. Yes. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. what happened was we moved from Jersey, me mm-hmm. and my mom, because she remarried. Oh, okay. So, my stepfather was in the military, so we kind of moved all around the country. Mm, that and then must that's be how interesting. We, yeah, it's like I moved every three years, met new friends, went mm-hmm. to a new school, Which is all kinda like a part of like how I am, I think. Okay. Because I'm used to meeting new people. So it's like just be brave and just Mm -hmm. like I can walk into a room and Not know anybody, and I'm literally okay. Okay.
0: So you (laughs) felt like that was a good experience for you,
1: right? It it was a good experience. At the time, I don't think I realized it was. Okay. Because I was young. I was like eight or nine. Mm -hmm. So going through those type of changes at such a young age is very difficult. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of felt that at the moment, I hated it. Like, I hated life. You You know, I'm like, why are we doing this? (laughs) Then why do we have to move? Right, exactly. And then it was a little sad because you had to meet new friends. And then, you know, you didn't know people. And then you Mm -hmm. sat by yourself a lot. And... I get it, but oh, you yeah.
0: overcame, girlfriend. She's <laughs> overcame here today. It. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Shout out to all my military brats. They yes. know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. So, but you you sort of settled in Tennessee and started your career there. So my mom and my stepdad stayed in Tennessee, like as the last duty station, okay. which is what they call it in the military. Okay. And so they kind of stayed there. Through like retirement. Mm-hmm. So, my mom does real estate. Mm-hmm. And so, I actually came back here after I graduated high school mm-hmm. and went to college. And then I went back to Tennessee. Okay. Here is Jersey. Jersey. Okay. Yes. And then back to Tennessee. So, then I went back to Tennessee and, um, my mom was in real estate so i was mm-hmm. like hey i want to kind of get my real estate license too mm-hmm. well it wasn't that simple but you know <laughs> something happened and i was like hey i want to get share i don't mind sharing <laughs> <Okay>. So <laughs> i feel like i've told this story like a million times okay i never heard
0: it so, I'll hear. <laughs> so my
1: mom mm-hmm. she asked me to run into the house and like get her check off the kitchen table okay The rest is history. So then when I went in to get the check, I was like, whoa, you know what? I kind of like the way this is looking. Oh, got you. (laughs) So then I was like, you was like, oh, right. I was like, all right. Like, I know I'm always asking you for money Mm. at the time. You know, Mm. my mom was probably looking at this like now.
0: (laughs) Yesterday. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yesterday. Because mom's
0: pockets are always better Right, (laughs) exactly.
1: (laughs) So I was like, you know what? I want to actually obtain this for myself. Mm. Like, I've always been that way. Yeah. So then I said, can you help me get my real estate license? Like, pay for me pretty much. I was like, 18 at the time right so 18 no I was not 18 I'm lying I was 20 yeah you you,
0: you were like just finishing school or like yeah just just finishing school because I graduated high school at 17 okay Mm -hmm. so
1: I was around 20 and then I told her listen can you pay for me to go to real estate school Mm -hmm. I was like I promise I'm gonna make you proud like I think I'm gonna do something with this right and so she did it and then that was, that was that 10 yeah. years later, <laughs> 11 years later at this point, yeah. Right,
0: still, still loving the industry, so mm-hmm. that's good. And so, you but you were working like uh with military um people or in yes. the military arena exactly in the beginning. How was that?
1: So, we were in Fort Campbell, Kentucky, which is a military base, okay, it's a U.S. Army base actually, okay, um, because there's different bases like you know, Navy and. You know they all have their different things right so this one was army and that was our audience okay so with the military community it was a lot different because unlike in a normal mm-hmm. um community like right. even here right it's like sometimes people stay in the same place for a while but in the military they leave every three to five years okay probably even less than that sometimes two years okay so you had a revolving door of clients mm. so if you sold a house to someone They were reselling like within two years because they had a new duty station. Okay. So then you had to put the house back on the market. So you really wanted to keep in contact with your clients. Mm -hmm. So I feel like in other places, maybe people are like, you know, they try to keep in contact, Mm -hmm. you know. Try to keep that touch system going, but sometimes it doesn't always work that way. Right. But with the military community, you have to keep in contact with them because right. it's just that quick they can leave. Okay. So that was kind of my experience with that. It was a lot different than like doing real estate in Jersey, mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, your clients are moving and maybe they'll call you six or seven years later. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the military, you know that they're moving in two or three years. So you want to stay on top of it pretty much. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, so that's like a sort of like a little niche market that you found there. Pretty much. Yeah. It is. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm actually is uh, when you think about it mm, if because, somebody
0: wanted to get into that area like as a as an agent or like
1: um pursue like those markets what would mm-hmm. you suggest if, so i would suggest you mean places or like just advice
0: yeah like for instance how would one get into that arena because you you were you you already had the connection your father right. and your stepfather was yeah. was doing that and so is
1: there a way that like people a random get into person? That? Yeah, like, yeah, I want to move to a neighborhood. That's like a <laughs> right. Well, I don't know who would want to do that, but <laughs> but if you do happen to live in a military community, I would definitely take advantage of that. Okay. Um, because in a military community, outside of it is always like a major city. Mm. So, like in Fort Campbell, Nashville was the major city for mm. us. Okay. So it was about thirty to forty minutes away, mm-hmm. but there are people who move to Nashville, right? Right. So if they want to get into that type of market, then I would just recommend getting educated on like VA loans mm. because that's pretty much all that they're going to do okay. for the most part are gotcha. VA loans. Mm-hmm. So I would just kind of, you know, focusing on that. And then also you really need to know like the area, like the outskirts and everything mm-hmm. because a lot of times when people live like on post, which is the military base, okay, they want to move off. So there's certain exits or certain towns that they would move to and they need enough time limit to get back to base in the morning because they wake up at like 5 o'clock in the morning. So I would say kind of like knowing the history of the military. And like you said, I had that experience. Mm -hmm. So I kind of understood that part. And then I think to like understand like the rankings and things too. Because normally, you know, when you're just coming in or whatever, like an E3, E4, they normally want you to stay on post okay kind of gotcha. like freshman year of college gotcha you know what i mean they're okay, like yeah. first they're like, year you'll be wildin we're right. not having you all <laughs> exactly <this." laughs> you're new to this you're not right. true to this exactly. yet so basically you do have to stay here <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah that's funny that's funny um okay so that's 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 cool so how did you now transition from that like what made you like i'm done with this i love a good i'm done with this and i'm gonna move on to mm-hmm, something else mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. so what made you get to that space
1: you mean like getting into insurance? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so so I got into insurance at 23, which was just a few short years after I was doing real estate. Uh-huh. So what happened was it wasn't that I was done with real estate because I absolutely loved it. Okay. I had went to college for interior design. Mm, so okay. it all kind of went together as far as I was concerned. Yeah. So my grandfather, um he owned an insurance agency in Manhattan. He Got it in 1986. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I was born in 1988 on East 72nd Street. That's where his office was. And mm-hmm. so he was there for years, like, you know, since I was young. Mm-hmm. So my thought process was if I don't amount to anything and I know where you guys <laughs> think this conversation is going, but it's not going there. <laughs> so if I don't amount to anything, I'm going to come and work at your office. OK, that's just how I always felt. Right. right. You were like, I know that there's something created right. for me. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Legacy. Like, right. So then I was just like you're a last resort. Right. Because okay. you're there, granddad. Mm hmm. So then what happened was he actually retired after okay. 30 years or whatever the case is. Wow. So then I was like, okay, well, there goes that plan B. Mm-hmm. So now I really got to make something out of myself. I've okay. just always been spoiled. So <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so basically I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, if I need something, I'm going to ask my parents, my grandparents, whatever. Mm-hmm. But in that moment I was like, wow, okay, it just got real. Like I'm going to have to really make my own career. Right. So he retired. That was that. And then he called me mm-hmm. and I was actually trying to relocate back here. Right. Okay. So then he calls me and then he said, um, I'm actually opening an insurance agency again.
0: Oh, And I'm like, what? To do that. Yeah.
1: So the CEO of Farmers Insurance, you know, Farmers Insurance. Yes. So the CEO flew him out to L.A. Mm-hmm. because they had no offices in Jersey. OK. Right. So he's always traveled to um, New York, but he lived in South Orange. Okay. But they, you know, kind of commuted there every day for 30 years. OK. Wow. So then they asked him to come out of retirement. And to be the first Farmers Insurance Agency in New Jersey.
0: Wow!
1: Right? Mm -hmm. And just to give you a little bit of his background, not only did he have you know a successful insurance agency, but he did a lot of insurance for celebrities. Oh, you know, like you know all the Yankees. Do tell, do tell. Yankees. Um, (laughs) um, what's his name? I'm Like, what's his name? Tiger Woods. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh yes, him. (laughs) Yes, right, right, right. Different people like that. So he had actually a celebrity wall. Okay. So when you go into his office. The elevators open up, it says the McCoy Agency, and mm. then he had a whole celebrity wall of all the celebrities that he did business with. Awesome. So he was a very popular insurance agent. Okay. So they thought of him mm-hmm. and they were just like, we can only have, you know, Thurman McCoy to be the first agent in New Jersey. Awesome. So mm-hmm. he took on, you know, that role. And then he said, "Um, if you want, you can come and work with me. Mm. So at that time, I was trying to relocate here. But as you know, when you're working in real estate, you have to start your clientele all over all again. All over,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: I worked so hard to build up the clientele that I had. I was doing really, really well Okay. Um, at the beginning. And so I said, okay, let me just take this job. Mm-hmm. Insurance. like So like just have something coming in over there. And, <clears throat> right. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was like, I was kind of over the whole insurance thing. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, okay, I mean, I might have said that, but I really didn't mean it. But for it. real, for real. Right,
0: right, right. I'm <laughs> right. like, I'm not really
1: trying to do insurance. Right. But you know what? Let me just take this job because I need to relocate back there. And the only way I can do that is with a job. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because originally, if he didn't do that, I was going to be like a leasing agent. Okay. at like one of the condos or whatever the case is because a lot of times they'll relocate you okay. and they'll give you like a free apartment or a discounted apartment and give you the salary. Yeah, so, that, I so said, you're trying to get a hookup. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was saying to myself, that's the best way for me to relocate. Mm-hmm. And then I'll merge out of that and go into just being a realtor again. Right. And then maybe I'll build up clientele from the leasing office. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. was my thought process. I no, had, that like, was good. That was a whole right?
0: plan. Yeah. So it would have worked
1: out anyway it as far as I was concerned. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I think about it like what would have happened had I done that yeah so then I came here I mean
0: it's good that just to interject that you you had a plan b right you knew what you wanted to do you had a plan b and you had a path to take you there Mm -hmm. And you weren't kind of just like well let me just go figure it out flapping in the wind yeah even though you had stuff to fall back Mm -hmm. on essentially yeah
1: exactly Mm -hmm. but I always have like a million plans like if this doesn't work that's gonna work like it's crazy the all the plans I have in my head (laughs) So I came here and then I got into insurance. Okay. But my whole goal was to get back into the real estate. Always. Okay. So I was just like, okay, um, let me get my license, obviously. So I had to study and do all that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I just kind of started doing it. And then I said, well, you know what? You always said before, like when you were younger, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have like an insurance and a real estate like Combined. You know, office combined, uh, right? Okay. Because my mom did real <laughs> estate, my grandmother did real estate also. So when my grandfather was doing it in the eighties, my grandmother was doing real estate. Oh wow! So she used to take me around, like showing houses when I was like five. You know, mm-hmm. so I've been around both industries for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so then I said, well, maybe it's happening, girl. Like, right. you're actually, look at that! You right?
0: manifested it. <laughs> yeah, I was like,
1: hold on, you're getting your insurance license, and then mm-hmm. now, and then I did that for. Two years and mm-hmm. then I took a break from, well, tried to take a break. Mm-hmm. And then I went back into real estate. Okay. And then I made my real estate career very successful in Jersey. Mm-hmm. And then I had go back into the insurance because I would just think about it in the back of my head. And I was like, why waste a license? Right, right. So you and get then you're licensed the whole time. Right. Yeah.
0: So I love that you had this whole and and i like to call it legacy because you you know you had these legacy industries within your family mm-hmm. Um, not only that they were pouring into you the whole yes. time and you didn't even realize it mm-hmm. like you were just soaking up all of this stuff like your that kids was,
1: right you know your kids are like watching yeah. that's what that
0: means exactly exactly and so what i wanted to point out is because i talk about legacy all the time mm-hmm. but it's like it's more than just the dollars right right is right. the experience is what you learn throughout your whole entire mm-hmm. life like But them, they would have to write a like a ten volume book to tell you everything. Yeah, yeah. But they really like poured it into you and Mm -hmm. showed you all these things. That, by example, pretty much. Right, a lot of things go without even saying. Mm -hmm, Like that's mm -hmm. how you learned it. So how does it like? Can you describe how that feels to know that someone planned for you, and you know there was this uh, path sort of already paved for you? Do you feel like that made you feel different in life?
1: Um. I mean, it definitely made the situation different. So mm-hmm. just as like a little backstory, I guess, sure. I feel like I have to go into this in order yeah, to no, go into please it. please do,
0: please do.
1: So with my mom and my dad, they grew up very different. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about my grandfather and my grandmother that was in real estate, that was that wasn't my dad's parents. Okay. Right. And he was an only child at the time. Okay. So now he has a brother and his brother is like three years older than me.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that, that's crazy.
1: Um... And my mom, she grew up with eleven brothers and sisters. Mm. Single mom, right? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So my dad is from the Bronx and my mom is from Jersey City. Okay. So with her eleven brothers and sisters, it was like a struggle, mm-hmm. pretty much. Like she'll she'll tell you, like you know, it was just a struggle. It wasn't no no crystal stairs. No, no walk in the park. <laughs> right, and right. So when she met my dad, like she would always say mm. that she felt like it was like the Cosby's. Especially during that time, like Uh you're talking about the '80s, and it's like you know when you look at strong black family units. I see. Maybe it was you know not. It was like, oh, this
0: is real. Like it exists. Like this exists. It happens. Mm -hmm.
1: And so, with that being said, comes eleven brothers and sisters. Comes like. 31st cousins for me that mm. were kind of like all the same age. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, so it's right. like we're brothers and sisters. Yes. So when I would go with my mom's family when we would come back and visit and things like that mm. it's like a bunch of kids a, bu- a bunch of people like you know what I mean? Connection, community, all that. Right. Yeah. And then they live in more of an urban setting and you know not as successful in life meaning mm-hmm. with the business and different things. Right, right? right. And then my grandfather would come and pick me up my father's dad. Right. And mm-hmm. a Benz or whatever the case and my cousins would be like what are they rich yeah like, you know what I mean <laughs> I'm
0: like, so mm, pretty much <laughs> exactly so I've yeah. always
1: been called you know like I mean I don't know if it's okay to say like on a podcast but yeah. like in the black community it's like white girl right? okay yeah mm-hmm. so that's what I was always called like on my mom's side mm-hmm. and then like on my dad's side it was always expected like to go to college to go and do this to go and do that mm-hmm. so I feel like I've always grown up with like both sides of the fence mm-hmm. Did and you I you ever think... feel torn or you felt like it made sense like it, it, it I mean, shape. You. It was fine for me because I was okay. like, you know, going with all the cousins and like at my grandmother's house mm-hmm. is like it's like a free for all. Like right? okay. we're, we're having fun, whatever. <laughs> to, we're eating candy, we're, like there's no real structure. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fine for me. Mm-hmm. And then kinda like going with my dad's side of the family, that was fine too. It was just a little bit more, you know Yeah, structured or um buttoned up buttons up. Like at my grandfather's house for Thanksgiving is like other lawyers, doctors, black people though. Mm. So that was like kind of awesome because I really got to see and I guess that goes to show like the mindset, right? Mm -hmm. So when I look at like me or like one of my cousins for example, Mm -hmm. even now, Mm -hmm. like our mindsets are so different Mm -hmm. because I feel like to me it's always been possible. Right. Like so things for them that feels like it's not possible it's like always been possible for me. Yeah. Because I'm like I've always seen a black doctor. I've always seen a black lawyer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it wasn't a
0: question for you as to whether you're worthy whether right. like you're no. it's
1: possible for you or you're enough
0: for this you know it no. was just like yes <laughs> pretty much and and that's the importance of exposing you know children to different things yes. and different cultures and you know moving moving outside of your um just where you're at comfort zone your comfort zone so that they can see what's possible mm-hmm, you know that mm-hmm. they could know that these sort of things exist
1: absolutely yeah. and i think that you know that was like one example but then when I look at like my mom, she's a whole nother example. Mm-hmm, that's so true. she came from a struggle, mm-hmm. but she knew that she wanted more. Mm-hmm. So she went out and did the things that she had to do, which afforded me, you know, the life that I had, mm-hmm. because she went and said, just because I grew up in this or this was my story doesn't mean it's my story. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. to me, so I either way, right, either way, where there's a will, there's a way. Right. So I feel like just kind of seeing both sides really kind of helped me to understand a little bit more. Mm hmm. You know yeah. what I mean?
0: So yeah, I'm always like super intrigued with that psychology, like how people um take that sort of mm-hmm. experience, mm-hmm. like because I had it both ways too, where um neither one of my my parents can come from wealth come from mm-hmm. wealth, but for some reason there was a part of me that thought that I could do whatever I want, I could do anything, there are no limitations, right? right. But there was. I think as I got older in life and got sort of exposed to like corporate Mm -hmm, and stuff is mm -hmm. when I started to feel like there are limitations because I'm this color. Mm. I probably can't do these things, you know, and things like that because I didn't have the real life examples. Right. You know, so, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that just because you don't come from wealth that you can't still have that mentality. Right. Right. So, but it's good. I love that
1: you sort of, um, gravitated to not having limitations for yourself. Yeah, pretty much. I Mm -hmm. mean, but I did recognize as a black woman that, you know, we have certain struggles. Okay. You know what I mean? And so that's why my mindset has always been like to change the trajectory, right? Right. So I always say like with my insurance agency, I want to change the trajectory of insurance Mm -hmm. because there's not many of us in Mm -hmm. the industry in general. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what role it is. And then there's not a lot of women that are owners of insurance agencies. Okay. Actually. It's probably mm. like I don't want to throw this percentage out there and be wrong, but mm. it's a very low percentage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so right. I just look at it like, you know, I feel like I need to change whatever is wrong. So mm-hmm. I know that there's no limitations, but at the same time, there naturally are limitations. Right. right. Outside of your family, because it doesn't matter like what your family tells you that you are, what you can be. Mm -hmm. The reality is when you go out into the real world, these people don't care about you. They're not your mom, your dad. What are you experiencing? Right, Mm -hmm. so they're just kind of like, oh, well to us, you are this. Mm -hmm. And I think I kind of experienced that first like outside of my family. I feel like growing up, like I've always been like very loved and very encouraged. Mm -hmm. And so when I got to the outside world is kind of where I saw the sharks.
0: Yeah. So did you ever experience like imposter syndrome? Cause like, I'll tell you for myself, like there are times where it it would be hard for me to like embrace my status, right? Like embrace mm-hmm, the fact mm-hmm. that you're you're a lawyer. Like people are like, Oh, you've accomplished so much and I'm like, yeah. I know, know, I know, you're so humble. And yeah. <laughs> so and it's I'm really not being like, you know, right. you know, crazy about it. It's just really that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. So have you ever experienced that that struggle?
1: Like, um like I'm I'm all of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like have Well, I mean Mm -hmm. i kind of always like for instance my dad has been calling me the real mccoy since i was like a kid okay (laughs) (laughs) so i've always knew i was that
0: yes
1: (laughs) but i did struggle with that a lot growing up and actually i -hmm. feel like i just recently like Mm -hmm. very recently Mm -hmm. started even being vocal okay about like you know what this is who i am Mm -hmm. and it is what it is and yes you know, I have this and I have that, but you know what? I worked for this mm-hmm. and you can too, kind of situation. Right, you know what right, I mean? Yeah. But I feel like I've just started to become comfortable with even like vocalizing, like, that. yeah, I am. And you know what? More so towards like, I guess people who are like negative or haters because yes, yes. I mean everybody else is like you really don't have to Explain. it's like an inspirational type of thing more than it is like oh look at who I am but some people really try to challenge you mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah, like yeah, oh you yeah. think you're this and you think you're that right. and I've gotten that my whole life right. but now today I'm like yes I do actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> like I do and that. Yeah. right like and who and do you not? think you are you yes, don't think you're this and not. that like let's flip the script on you real right, quick like right. <laughs> you got some inner demons there you know like because that's really what it is it's true so yeah, yeah I sure. I definitely get that a lot. Like that was a really really big struggle. Yeah. Because I guess like the humbleness.
0: Yeah, cuz it's like you want to be hu- like naturally you're humble, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, but and right. you have to figure out to what level do I like really pump myself up and to what level I maintain that humility, you know? So it's just it's a balance, but
1: you really need both. And I think that that's like a struggle in the black community more so than anything. I, I agree. think we all struggle with that with kind of like being humble like we were taught no matter what status you are, what class? Right. So we humble. were all taught, like, you know, always be humble mm-hmm. and never, you know, try to act like you're here and somebody else is here. Mm-hmm. So I think um, sometimes, like, well, now we're accomplishing a whole lot more as a people, right? And so and we collectively, still, we're sh- we're sharing, we're, right. we're in community, exactly. So. But I feel like now we're all kind of getting to the point where we're like proud to be like, hey, we're this and that. Mm -hmm. Because we realize that like I do have to say I'm this and that because there's another little girl that looks (laughs) like me, Mm -hmm. right, that is relying on me to say and stand in the fact that I'm this and that. So she can also feel like she is this and that. So it's like bigger than yourself.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I, 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 I experienced that with my daughter because like we give her a lot of love and we, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. tell her like who she is in this world. Mm-hmm. And then she'll turn around and be like, you know what? I am perfect, whole and complete. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's special. I, I, I'm like, yes, you know, but we do at the same time. Sometimes we're like, we want you to have that mentality but Mm -hmm. you want to maintain like you don't have to make
1: other people feel small Mm -hmm. to feel good you know that type of thing Yeah, I think that's super important Mm -hmm. but I also think that sometimes when you stand in your light so much it makes other people feel less Mm -hmm. important anyway Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I think it's good to also understand that like you don't have to dim your light Right. To make, to make other, make other people, people shine. Yeah. I think those two go together I because Agreed. you struggle with both of those, right? Yeah. So your daughter may feel very confident about herself and her abilities. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, when you're making that comment, she keeps that in mind and she's like, That is true, because it's like be kind. Yeah. But then also sometimes you run into a situation where you are actually dimming your light. Right. It's like, to oh, be kind. God. Right. Right. To be kind. <laughs> to right. Be kind. So it's like when do you dim your light and not dim your <laughs> you know exactly? What I mean? So yeah. it's kinda like it's definitely um,
0: a, a balancing act. Mm-hmm, like you gotta mm-hmm. try to figure that out. But it's good to know when, that you're not alone. Like I right. love these conversations because it's like everybody goes through it in their own like type of way. You know, absolutely like different, varying intensities. Yes, <laughs> you know, right? But everybody goes through it,
1: and so, um, but you keep pushing. You just, you know, you got to just keep pushing. I, keep I feel like those are like a part of the struggles in life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Agreed. It's like sometimes you feel good, sometimes you feel bad, but either way. You got to get to the bag. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Get to
0: the bag. Yeah. So let's talk about how you've been getting to the bag. (laughs) That's a good segue. So, all right. So how did you, how was it running two different types of agencies? Like in terms of if somebody wants to do what you're doing, like what are some of the challenges maybe you could share
1: with us? You mean like being a realtor and insurance agent Mm -hmm. at the same time? Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Well, I mean, to me, it's been kind of like, a I mean, I don't know. I've been doing both of them simultaneously, like, the entire time, I feel like. Okay. But now it's at a different level because I'm running an insurance agency. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. before I was working in one. Okay. And I was managing one. But both times, it wasn't my name on the door. Right. So... I just think it's a little bit different now because I have so many more responsibilities. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like being a broker in a real estate office. Right. An agency is the same way. Like, whoever the agent is, they're responsible for literally everything. Mm -hmm. So, if I insure you, like, I have to be responsible for your policy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And these Mm -hmm. are assets we're talking about. So, it's even. Right, worse. right, right. So I just feel like in this particular moment, I had to keep it real with myself a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And when I first started, my insurance agency it was very traditional. Okay. Meaning that I didn't plan to do it. Okay. <laughs> so as you can see, that's a theme <laughs> well, in my life. Let's right. go back to the theme. <laughs> the theme in my life is that I never plan to do anything. It just happens. Yes, yeah, because she's blessed. <laughs> just following her. <laughs> so um, mm. I guess when I started my insurance agency, there was a girl that I had just recently met. Mm-hmm. So she had been in insurance maybe for three years and I had been in it for seven or eight years. Okay. So she needed somebody more experienced to kind of like work alongside. Right. So we were both women, young, whatever. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like, you know, women empowerment, whatever. Right. <laughs> so I decided to do it with her mm-hmm. because I was like 100% doing my real estate thing again. Okay. You understand okay. what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then I said, okay, I'll do it with you, but I'm going to focus on building the relationships that I have with lenders and attorneys. So this could work out with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So her husband was a mortgage broker or whatever the case is. So okay. that was cool. Yeah. You know, in the mortgage office. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing was she was a little upset because I wasn't giving all my time there. Okay. And this is M&S. Like, yeah. what I have now. <laughs> So then I was like, well, I'm actually going to be able to give more, mm-hmm. but you got to give me a minute because I have this real estate business and I can't just tell people, mm-hmm. yeah, like, hey, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like, <clears throat> no, they're under contract. like, Yeah. So um, she ended up leaving after three months. We had already gotten a space, mm-hmm. right? We already hired an employee. Wow. These were extra expenses for me as a realtor, independent contractor. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's when I learned the difference between businesses as well mm-hmm. and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. That is all different. So being a realtor, yes, I own my own business and whatever the case is. But if I don't own my own real estate company, right, I'm just a 1099 contractor. Mm -hmm. So I just have to worry about my expenses and everything else. But when you have like a location, it's a totally different ballgame. Right. So with that being said, she left and I had to kind of like figure it out at that point. Right. And so I had to take a break from the real estate. Because and you, I was just you like, had to pick up all this this business that was just like exactly. in the wind. Yeah. I had to finish all my clients. So at that time, it was very difficult mm-hmm. because it's like I had to continue giving them that service. Mm-hmm. Like they don't care that I open an insurance right. agency and bid off more than I could chew. <laughs> right. That's thing- like not my
0: problem. <laughs> the thing with real estate, nobody cares right. about what right. you go going about through. Anything.
1: Yeah. They're like, I mm-hmm. want it closed, period. Right. Yeah. Period. <laughs> you period. understand. Yeah. So at that point, I was just kind of like, okay, well, Mm-hmm. Once I get through with these clients, I'm going to have to make the conscious decision to say, mm-hmm. you know, hold on real estate. Right. Which okay. is kind of sad. Yeah. Because it's like, I came this far. You know, yeah. like I wanted to come back to Jersey so that way I could do rebuild it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I rebuilt it. So then now I'm going back to Re- insurance the beginning, again. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like it's, here.
0: both sides have been pulling you. <laughs> right. So it's like you had to, because you manifested this thing, right. it had to be this joint business right. or you know these dual
1: businesses sort of side by side exactly mm-hmm. and so maybe one day it'll be exactly what it's intended to be right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe a real estate office and an insurance office mm-hmm. but like these are the struggles in between right you know so essentially i've taken a break actually for the past six months okay like publicly saying it for the first time <laughs> wow i've okay. taken a break for the past six months of like doing real estate at all oh okay for the first time ever in my career it's been 11 years okay and so, of course, I had people that were waiting. Mm-hmm. So I told them that I was doing this and they were like, we're willing to wait. Oh. So they've been like pre-approved and they're just like, we're not in a rush. And mm-hmm. so I've kind of picked that up again. OK, because now I have a staff in the office and everything. Oh, else. Oh, good.
0: Oh, good. Yeah. But at
1: that time, I was super scared. I cried under my desk like Aww. a few times yeah. because I was like, how did I get here? Like mm-hmm. I was trying to help this girl out. And then now this ended up being all on me.
0: Right, right. So I
1: just basically had to figure it out because it's like, now I have a new landlord. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm in this lease. Right, and I'm yeah. in this lease. And then I have this girl to pay and everything else. Right. And so, you know, I let that girl go. She didn't want to do it anymore. And yeah. then it's like, I hired another employee. And mm-hmm. like, that wasn't right. Then I hired new... So I went through like... Everything while still trying to be a realtor and insurance agency owner, and no one would ever
0: know it. You did it
1: like super flawlessly. Thank you, you, because I was literally like crying under my desk.
0: Yeah, and that's the struggle of entrepreneurship. Like, there's so many ups and downs. Like I'm talking about from Monday to Mm -hmm. Tuesday to Mm -hmm. Wednesday, right? You know what I mean? Right? And that you know that you have to sort of deal with, Mm -hmm. and especially when you're um when you're a woman now, you're dealing with a color issue. Or not an issue, but a circumstance. And then you're dealing with um, being in male-dominated industries, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times. So there's so many layers to it, especially when you're a woman of color. But entrepreneurship is is not for the faint of heart, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So,
1: I mean, that was kind of a part of my struggle, too, was like a kind of like a race issue with the insurance. Okay. Because my partner was... She's Hispanic, okay. But it wasn't about her. It was about like the organization that we were under, mm. because in order to get like appointed with different companies, you have to go like under an organization, okay. Because in the insurance industry, unlike real estate, you can't just get your license and come in and be like, "I'm gonna own an agency." Like more than likely, it's not gonna work that way, okay. Because you have to build trust with the companies, like the major brands you that know, like, you're writing policies on their behalf, through, okay. right? Okay. Like all the major brands you see on TV, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean you have to build their trust and you have to do contracts with them. Mm. So they want to know your experience. They want to know how much volume you can bring. So it kind of makes it difficult too to be in the insurance industry Mm. because it's like you have a client or you can have a lot of clients that need something. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have all the different markets, right, because you can't sign up with all these companies, then it kind of makes it... So then they do have... certain like mgas for example is what they're called Mm -hmm. and so basically what they're like a master general agent okay so they're the main agent under the the actual insurer that's paying out the exactly okay and so Mm -hmm. you could sign up with those companies too Mm -hmm. but it's like you need to have a really large volume in order to do that like so most people who've had an agency for like 20 years plus Mm -hmm. they might have those relationships but they may only have like four companies too because if you don't write enough business through the company then what happens is they will actually like cancel your contract okay and then if you go sign up with another company they always ask you have you ever had a contract canceled mm-hmm. so it's like uh you know I see what, what you mean? you're saying yeah <laughs> so it's like very difficult so if you sign up underneath an mga it just kind of makes it easier because okay. they already have all those companies mm-hmm. so the one that we were specifically working through it was like kind of like a little race issue or whatever mm-hmm. so then i was in the middle of like i had to leave them and i had to go sign up underneath another one okay and then it's just like when you go let's say if you open up a farmer's insurance it may cost you seventy five thousand or whatever mm-hmm. so it's like expensive to sign up for these things so oh, so
0: like just signing up with the
1: mga yeah sign up, up with the mga costs money much. it okay. might not be that much okay but it just i was just giving an example right. to say like mm-hmm. a state farm or farmers you know you're paying 25 fifty thousand whatever the case is and okay. even with the mga you're paying ten thousand or whatever
0: okay so
1: the whole thing is when you are leaving one mm-hmm. first of all you got to transfer all your clients to another place but then there's contracts in place saying that you can't take them after this amount of time and what mm-hmm. it's like a whole big mess. Right. And like I had to make that transition too at the same time mm. when me and my partner split. So I was literally losing my mind because right. I had to go interview MGAs and it was like pay that money again and Just then to get in. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you get renewals and insurance. So if I can't take these clients, that means I'm not getting paid off of them again next year. Right. So now I'm starting over from scratch. That's like my middle name, start over from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I do. <laughs>
0: that's so funny i mean i don't know i i'm enjoying this conversation because i, I feel I'm like
1: confused you just now no 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 time.
0: i'm following you i'm following you and i and I, it's good for people who probably want to do what you want to do yeah well, you know i'm sorry what you're doing to know like these are the type of things that mm-hmm. you're going to be faced mm-hmm. with or mm-hmm. these are the the challenges that come yeah. with like sort of running this is there something that you love about it that you're like this is why i do what i do
1: um mm-hmm. So, well, the real estate, I've always just loved Mm -hmm. helping people. I love going into the houses. I love giving them... Well, I love working with my investors. So okay. because of the interior design background, mm. I love like helping them plan the layout. Like literally I do everything at this point. Okay. Like the cabinets, the, I pick out everything for them. Awesome. So it's kind of like a... That's a wh- separate fee. <laughs> you, you understand? <laughs> That's a separate That's fee. That's a separate fee. Yeah. So and they pay it because it's like, you know what, they get to go and get the property. You're giving them all the expertise from mm. real estate to and I don't even tap into that as much like publicly, like right. what I do with the interior design and mm-hmm. just like all of that. I just yeah. don't even talk about that part. But there's a lot of layers to, you know, my skill set. yeah. And so beyond that, like with the insurance, what I actually like about that part is, again, helping people. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, because maybe, I get yeah. to protect like a large asset. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who better than me? Somebody who can help you purchase a large asset. And I get it. Right. So I'm also going to help you protect it at the same time. Yeah. I
0: love that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so so if you funny. were living the dream, right? Oh, I we, I almost forgot. You're on tour.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like we're part of the Rough Riders or something. Right.
0: <laughs> You're on tour with DJ M V Caesar Real Estate Tour, right? Yes. How has that been for you? Because we were on tour together yes, yes, for a are. period of time. Mm-hmm. And so how has it been for
1: you um, just like growing through that? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she's been here from the beginning so <laughs> I started out at a table right right right. because I like to lay in the background a little bit like that's just how I am and then I come out like but
0: right. anyways <laughs> I went
1: because I wanted to survey the situation mm-hmm. I had never been there like I had told Jenny because she's yes. the one who gave me my start shout yeah, out shout to, out Jenny, to Jenny shout out to Caesar and Envy everyone Caesar and Envy, yes. everybody the whole team <laughs> right and so basically when I came <laughs> on I was kind of like I didn't know what to expect mm-hmm. and then when I went to the first seminar which is At the Jacob Javis Center Mm -hmm. I was kind of like Whoa I mean this is like my element Right Talking to people Whatever I was connecting with everybody Mm -hmm. And so you know We traveled a little bit And I still Stayed back at the table Mm -hmm. I didn't go on stage Mm -hmm. Even though I had the opportunity to But I chose not to And she has
0: the expertise Yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) So then I finally said Well you know what it was We did the virtual seminars Because you did them too Yes 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 So when we did the virtual seminars That's when I kind of started speaking For the first time Yeah And then I felt like A little comfortable Mm -hmm. It was really like My own insecurity like ripping off the band-aid Right, (laughs) because I was so shy because, you know, like, what was your first time, like, when you went on stage? Yeah, I
0: was, that was, that was it. I was, like, literally sick to my stomach Mm -hmm. the whole week. I was, like, practicing, but I was, like, super nervous because I had spoken in front of people, but, like, historically for me at the time, it wasn't, definitely was not my comfort zone, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it was just, like, so much of... So much vulnerability yeah, in yeah, getting yeah. up and speaking in front of people. And then these are important people, you mm-hmm, know, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, being on tour with people who have a huge following. It's like th- that's there's a lot of pressure there. So I totally yeah, think about them, that. too. You're
1: just like, um yeah, they're
0: watching. Yeah, they're you know? watching. Then
1: you have like the actual seminar goers who are coming yep. to get information. Right. They paid for this. Yes. You know? So then you're like getting in your own head. Like, am I giving enough information? Like, right. is this? You know, yeah, they always looking enough. at me like, All
0: right, the time is up <laughs> because I always feel like I gotta explain it all, you know right? A I little mean? bit more, a like little with bit me more. with the insurance.
1: So, I've kind of learned, like you said, you like you gotta taper, yeah. <laughs> so, then, like now, I feel like I kind of have my little speed mm-hmm. a little bit, like my presentation. Okay, I'm looking at it like what makes the most sense for the person to, I want share. Them to get like the best bang out of their buck, especially like with my segment, yeah. And so, I just realized you cannot tackle the whole entire. Yeah, topic industry. Yeah, right in the industry, and you know a certain amount of time. Yeah, so then I figured, what is the most important, or like, what are we? It's kind of like bigger. It's like the community, right? That's why we travel. Yeah, so it's kind of like, what is the best thing that the community needs? Yes. So then I started pushing in the last couple of um, shows life insurance mm-hmm. because it goes along with everything that we're talking about in the whole entire seminar. Right, right, right. right. Building generational wealth. And then protecting it. Protecting right. your assets. Yeah. So I could talk to you about like auto insurance. Yeah. You can call me. Yeah. <laughs> you know <get> what <laughs> right, I'm right. I yeah, can look yeah. at your Geico deck page or right. whatever. We can do that another time. But like when I'm speaking to the masses, it's like what makes the most sense. Right, right. What makes the most sense of, yeah. And, and that's that's that was also my angle too, like
0: talking about- um. Uh, you know business entities and how to mm-hmm. properly structure if you want to be an investor, right? You need to structure properly, you need to protect these assets because the last thing you want to do is screw yourself over. Yes. if, like the market doesn't go your way. Right. And or, you know,
1: you know, lose it or lose everything. So that's like the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. That's yeah, what I of course. push too pretty much. <clears> like, <throat> you know, if you don't have the right insurance or you don't have insurance at all. Yeah. Like a lot of people, they don't have insurance. Right um you can literally lose everything mm-hmm. so what is the full purpose of like literally building up this wealth or these assets mm-hmm. if now when it's time to hand it over to your families you don't have it anymore mm-hmm. you lost it Or oh, you lost it
0: yeah and that's the saddest story that could probably ever. that's be the told. saddest story <laughs> i it had it is. but i lost it because i just didn't know or yeah you know it's prepared. more sad
1: than never having it at all mm-hmm. so that's just kind of what i try to you know yeah come mm-hmm. across yeah <laughs> So,
0: um, what are your, what, what do you say in five, 10 years? Like, where do you see yourself? Like, what would you like to, I have no clue. Ideally you have a paintbrush. You can decide, Um, you know,
1: Well, like, I'm hoping that I can be, like, on a yacht somewhere, honestly. I hear you. (laughs) Like, I do, because I feel like I've been an entrepreneur since I was 20 years old, Mm -hmm. and I'm 32. Mm -hmm. So even though, like, to others, maybe it's like, oh, you're still young. Or, like, entrepreneurship is kind of, like, a newer thing, I feel like now. Yeah, but but you've been doing it. (laughs) Right, (laughs) but I feel like I've been doing it before it was, like, a popular thing. Like, before it was on social media or anything, and so... I kind of feel like, you know, I want to retire or something. Yeah, you want your businesses to run <laughs> yeah, without you. Yeah, I want you. my businesses to run without me. And yeah. I absolutely do want to be on a yacht in the mornings, like drinking orange juice and fruit and you. training with can my I trainer. <laughs> yeah. you can I come? you could come. You come. Listen, I'll call you. <laughs> right. Actually, from where I live, when mm-hmm. I look out the window, it's like the view of the city, right? Okay. And then you have the Hudson River. Mm-hmm. There's always like a yacht mm-hmm. that's always like out right there in there. the morning, okay. especially the summer. And every time I look out there, I'm like... Gotta get back to work. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's like a realization that like that's not you. That's like not you're not you. going to meet you're up not, with them. Yeah, like you're sorry, not linking sis. with them right now. Right. So <laughs> you're going to work. Right, right. So and has what has
0: been being on tour um taught you? Has it has it give you given you any tools? Like absolutely for your- life in
1: general yeah i feel like it definitely has helped me like in business it helps me look at my business a little bit differently too Agreed. because Mm -hmm. i think that a lot of people don't realize that like what caesar and envy and jenny do Mm -hmm. um is more than like empower the community they Mm -hmm. also help empower entrepreneurs like us yeah Mm -hmm. right and they inspire everyone they inspire everyone so Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know where your business was when you came in or whatever it definitely grew (laughs) right but the thing is it grows so mm -hmm. i think there's something to be said about Someone like them who they definitely don't have to do that. Nope. Mm-hmm. Right. And they and yeah. they chose to. And then they let you kind of be the only one in your lane. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. like super important. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, we are a minority group. And it's to me, I just feel like that's a blessing in itself. It is. So it's taught me about like how to restructure my business. Mm-hmm. Right. Because now you're talking about like, I don't know who in my industry is doing like what I'm what doing, doing right now. You right? know what I mean, mm-hmm. so again, you have to pivot again. So it's teaching me that no matter what, I just told you my story. Yeah. So I started off at the beginning just a salesperson. Mm-hmm. And then now into a situation I didn't want to be in, right? Mm-hmm. And I ended up being in. And then now on a seminar that's like, you know, speaking in front of hundreds and thousands of people on a mm-hmm. daily basis. Mm-hmm. um, And kind of figure out like how can I do that yeah because nobody nobody, <laughs> nobody has else taught me it. how to do this right and so you kind of had to learn how to do that as well and I feel like that's what the seminar has taught me is that also is bigger than myself yeah I totally I found my purpose like after a few shows I feel like the first couple of shows you're kind of like nervous yeah so you are thinking about yourself it's right. not that I don't love the people it's just that <laughs> you're in your you got to get head. out of your head right but then like once <gasps> you get the hang of it you're kind of like hold on one second like this is not about me mm-hmm. and then you're like wow like this is actually what I always wanted to do in my life right right right. I always thought I wanted to do this that or the third but really I wanted to touch the people Mm -hmm. and so I have an opportunity to do that through insurance or real estate mainly right now insurance Mm -hmm. is a topic I discussed Mm -hmm. so like that's super important to me and then to think about legacy like you said right so it's like I don't know if my grandfather would have ever thought that something that he started in 1986 you understand would be impacting somebody else's child because their parents now are gonna take me take a step to get some insurance right and protect them yeah and i love like when i'm on stage i kind of bring that up it's mm-hmm. like not a bragging moment like what no, we talked about brag before, about
0: it but it's like
1: <laughs> i'm not trying to brag i'm just trying to say that like i'm on stage because somebody mm-hmm. else did this before me yes you understand what I'm yes. saying? Mm-hmm. This is what legacy is. It's all about. This is what it's all you about. You get what I mean? Yeah. And it may not look like this per se for you and your child. Right. But what you do today affects their tomorrow. Just right. like what my grandfather did yesterday affected my today. Yeah. And, and I want people to want to leave a legacy. Absolutely. Like, even if it's not
0: monetary. I mean, we want it to be yeah. monetary too. But, <laughs> but even if it's not, like, there is
1: a legacy to be left. You know, like know It, what it I doesn't mean? matter how big or how small. How big or how small. Right. That's, exactly. not, the, that's not the conversation. That's not the measure. Right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's just mainly just doing it. And then we definitely have to do it because we're like light years behind yeah, yeah. as a community. So it's kind of like not an option. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like it's- we all need to figure out what we're going to do, whether it's a business, whether you want to, you know, go invest into real estate, whatever it is. Like you need to basically pass down a legacy to somebody. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's a yeah, it's collective. It's a collective thing that if everyone does this, then as a culture, we move forward. Right. Versus starting from scratch. Every right. single That's time. what we've
1: been talking about this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: oh okay. <laughs> gosh
1: we're on the same page girl. we're on the
0: same page we're vibing we're vibing Ashley, this was amazing yeah, I so enjoyed i'm like it's speaking over. To you. no more questions <laughs> no. <clears throat> i like less, talking we, so. we could do like a little lightning round like a what i like to call right quick okay so i'll say a word you tell me what comes to mind it could be a word or a sentence you know okay. it feels like so. a game a game <laughs> it's show kind real quick of like a game Ding 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 okay <laughs> so love
1: what about it? <laughs> like, like what was that comes one? to <laughs> mind? <laughs> um, one day. I, I don't know what that's fine. Said.
0: That's fine. I'm a
1: single girl, so I was like, one day, you know. Okay, so she's single
0: and she's got her stuff together. That no, wasn't. That wasn't trying like, to throw it out there. Though at the same
1: time, no, she wasn't. She wasn't asking. <laughs> um, uh, faith. Faith is strong. Like that's how I've gotten through everything in my life. Mm, is through that. faith. Mm-hmm. So I, like, stand behind faith 110%. Awesome. Fun. I love to have fun. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? I, like, <laughs> like the most serious things, I'm going to make it fun. Okay. Like, I, so what's I just the, uh, what's the, What's the thing you love to do for fun? What I love to do for fun? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, on a daily basis, I just joke a lot. Okay. I feel like that gets me through the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had to do something for fun, karaoke. Like, I love doing karaoke. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if I could do that, I had a karaoke birthday party one time. Did and you? it was, like, the best thing. <laughs> So I can't sing, by the way, but I I love doing karaoke. So all really right, fun. I'm gonna keep
0: that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and um finally, um
1: wisdom, wisdom. Um, this is about me, right? Yes. Whatever oh, okay. you want to say. So when it comes to wisdom, I just think that um I've kind of had it from an early age. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think that that came with having a lot of time to myself, like I said, like with the military. Mm. So I can basically just say that I think people should spend more time with themselves and become Mm. more one with themselves. Mm. And then that is the only way I think you'll truly like enter your purpose in your life. And I'm very one with myself. I have a lot of wisdom. I know what I should and shouldn't do. Mm. And my parents, like they pride themselves in that. Like I'm a listener. Yeah. They're like, I take advice. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's a wonderful way to end the episode. Yes.
0: Ashley, how can everyone oh find you?
1: Okay, so you can find me on Instagram at ashtherealmccoy. Also, my business um, Instagram is at insurethebag and then all the information is on there. Okay. I don't want to give you a whole rundown of all the emails. <laughs> yeah, addresses. you can find you The can real find estate, it. the insurance, like it's too much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you so much, Thank Ashley. you so much, Sabine. This I'm so, so happy. We like Me too. Do we end the yes, high five? we, could, we could do a double high five. <laughs> double high five. All right. <laughs>